This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm your host, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Richard Blackaby. Always good to be with you, Sam. It is a pleasure. Yeah, you, all, you need to take mine. care of your family. You're, they're all getting sick on you. You know, it's just, you know, we had COVID earlier this year, and, you yeah. know, we, we take our little girl to the nursery once, and it's so like... She gets sick. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I think it's all this uh, being away from people for a year, and then yeah. you once you start coming back around people you're just kind of hit with all these germs that your body's not used to fending off and so yeah yeah claire had a, a bit of a cold and that kept us from, it delayed your trip to new orleans i know we were gonna uh carrie and i are celebrating seven years and seven uh, we were gonna years. wedded bliss good for you i know so it, <laughs> it was gonna it was gonna be a great weekend but um you know carrie got sick as well and so we we ended up changing plans so yeah but, it happens, and you know you kind of adjust, and yeah. And your child care workers will be ready for you when you are ready to go. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it's, it pays <laughs> to have uh, local grandparents. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're forever blessed. And that grandparents will travel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, before we get in uh, today, uh, I just want to make folks aware of a thing that we well we you do uh, on a quarterly basis, and that's uh, in partnership with Workforce Ministries. And And uh, the next one of these is going to be tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to it on Wednesday, it's going to be today. Um, and that is the quarterly marketplace devotional. Can you maybe just share a little yeah. bit about that? And Workforce Ministries is based out of Washington, D.C., but uh, they've got a Zoom call now uh, that uh, happens once a quarter. And uh, yeah. I, I basically get on and just... Give a, a devotional thought for about 35 minutes or so on uh, a marketplace kind of theme, biblical mm-hmm. perspective on that, and then open up the lines uh, for anyone that maybe just has some questions. So it's a great time just to drop in. Uh, I know folks who get up really early out on the, it was, we used to do it at, uh, I think, 7.30 yeah. and, uh, in the morning. And, and so people were getting up out in Arizona to, to drop in on it, but but they moved it to 12 noon now and at Eastern time. So people in the West have a better chance of dropping in if, if it works out. But, uh, but yeah, if you can do that, it's once a quarter. And we usually, if you watch our, uh, our Facebook page or website, we try to put some information out on that, how, what the link is for zoom and so on. And, yeah. uh, great way just to drop in with me and uh, love just to have people engaging and asking questions that makes it a lot of fun yeah and it used to just be uh, a conference call but now they've expanded to zoom so yeah. you can you can Thanks see to covid where we've we moved into more advanced stages exactly here, so. exactly so you get to not only hear richard you get to see <laughs> now i've got uh, to actually comb my hair before his, I get his on beautiful the, face yeah, yeah so we'll leave uh, a link to that um in the show notes uh, of this podcast but you can also find out more at workforce ministries org. So with that out of the way, Richard, um, we're looking at uh, just the fact that there is more to be had um, yeah. in our walk with God, in our leadership, and I suspect other areas as well. Yeah, and we've talked about this uh, in different ways before, Sam, but uh, just uh, creating a spiritual hunger to go deeper, to go for- further than mm-hmm. we have right now. I, I've spent uh, all of my adult life basically trying to help people go deeper in their walk with God. And I've yet to find anyone who didn't have deeper to go, including Mm -hmm. myself. Uh, But what happens a lot of times is that we get busy and we get satisfied. 
and we get stuck. And we could actually stay in the same place spiritually, even perhaps for years, where essentially our walk with God is the same it's been for a long time. And uh, as I've said often, the problem there, there's lots of problems with that, but one of them is you can't give to others what you don't have yourself. And so if you've got a shallow walk with God, you, you can give people the results of a shallow walk with God. Uh, you've got a deep walk with God, um, and you've got a lot more to give people. And certainly with everything going on in the world today, whether you're a leader in the business community, a pastor, a parent, uh, whoever it is that God's placed in your care, uh, they need more from you than perhaps they were getting before. And so w- what will you do to go to a deeper place than you've been before? And there's a couple of verses, I think, that definitely speak to that. One is just uh, famously in, in Philippians 3, verse 10, and this is the Apostle Paul. Uh, he's, uh, I think in this letter, he's writing from jail, uh, and I, I believe perhaps in Rome, and so Paul's been around a while. He started churches. He's written all kinds of letters that will become scripture. Uh, he's performed all kinds of miracles. He's recognized as an apostle in the early church. And yet, verse 10, he says, my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection. And, you know, I, he, he says this in a different way in Corinthians. Uh, he says, you know, you don't, you don't want to just be to know him in word, but, but also in power. And I think the problem for a lot of us as Christians is we, we know about God or we know about God's power, but we'd be hard pressed to show or demonstrate somewhere in our life where we actually have experienced the power of God. Mm. It's like, if I am in a room of Christians and say, do you believe God is powerful? You know, every hand probably will go up. But then I say, so give me an example of where you experience the mighty power of God in your life, like not in someone else's life, not in a story your pastor told in one of his sermons or a story you read about in a book. Where have you experienced the power of God? Uh, and, uh, and so Paul says, uh, and of course, Paul has experienced the power of God. When he's writing this, he started all kinds of churches and seen all kinds of miracles, cast out evil spirits. Um, but he says, my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. And and so as you read in that chapter, Paul just says, I basically counted every other goal in my life as garbage compared to knowing Christ even more than I already do. And at that time, this arguably there may not be anybody on the planet who knows God as well as Paul does. And yet Paul's saying, but there's still more. There's still more that I haven't experienced. There's more of his power than I've experienced. And and if and I like I like to say, if there's more of God to be had, I want it. Um, why would I be content when God says there's still more? Uh, that's like uh, eating at a all you can eat buffet and someone says, Hey, they got another whole room in there of uh, other things you haven't tried yet. <laughs> it's like, well, all right, here we go. I how how could I, you know, how could I do that and not not try all that's available? Uh, and there, there are two other uh, places that are interesting as well. And I actually, I wrote about this, uh, Sam, a couple of years ago in a book called Unlimiting God. And uh, I'm going to read a quote from there in a second. But probably one of my favorite books I've written because it's based on my favorite verse, which is Ephesians 3.20. Yeah. And, and basically in that book, and we can maybe leave a, a link to this book in the show notes, uh, but uh, I just say that God is limitless. God's, God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing, all-loving. 
Uh, But if you are not experiencing all that there is of God, it's not because God hasn't made it available. It's because you've been content with not experiencing all of him. Mm -hmm. And basically the whole book says whether we, we wouldn't do this on purpose, but we basically, we're the ones who set limits on how much of God we experience. And mm-hmm. so over and over again in the gospels, Jesus will say to someone, let it be done to you according to your faith as you have believed. And yeah. uh, in other words, he's saying what I could do in your life is unlimited. I'll do as much as you will believe me for. Uh, and so if you don't believe him for very much, then you won't experience much. You you believe him for a lot, and then it's amazing how much God does. And so, so Jesus basically sort of gave the invitation and said, so how much do you want? How much do you believe me for? And so Paul was saying, even though I, I know him enough to be an apostle, I know there's still more to be had, so I, I want to know that too. And then uh, there's an interesting verse in, in uh, John 16, verse 12, Jesus, look, he's, he's talking away to the disciples. He, he's given them all this amazing truth there in the upper room before he's arrested and crucified. And then all of a sudden he stops and he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. Hmm. And that, that particular verse has really challenged me. Uh, can you imagine you're sitting at a table with the Son of God? who knows what God intends to do in the future, knows the plans of heaven. He could look at each of our lives and tell us how we're going to die, when we're going to die, what, what we're going to accomplish in our life, what joys, what trials lie ahead for us. There's so much he could tell us, um, what the enemy is planning to do, uh, what the future holds. Um, and he looks at you and he says, I, there's so many things I could talk to you about right now. But you, you can't bear them. You don't have the capacity to understand, uh, to receive this information right now. And I've often said, one of the reasons God doesn't say more to us is we couldn't handle it. If God told us what he intended to do in our life in the future, we might be scared to death. We might go running. Uh, we, we might just find the nearest cave and try to hide and say, that's too much. Yeah. So God doesn't tell us all that's coming because we, we wouldn't react properly. Uh, we're, we're not in a, a place to receive that. And so I remember that particular verse really challenging me at one point because I thought, you know, when I, when I open my Bible up, there's so much the Spirit of God could show me in my Bible, but he knows that there's a bunch of stuff I can't yet handle. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 5, the writer of Hebrews kind of said it this way. He said, uh, you know, at this point, you ought to be teachers. You ought to be basically, you, you ought to be uh, able to digest meat, spiritual meat. Yeah. But you still can only handle milk. And, and so the writer of Hebrews was saying, you've been a Christian how long? And you're still satisfied with a bottle? Um, you ought to be on steak by now. Uh, yeah, you just get this picture of like a grown man drinking from a bottle of yeah. milk, and it's just yeah, and it, and it seems silly when you picture it that way. Yeah, and yet that's exactly how so many grown men and women are when it comes to spiritual things. They open their Bible up, and it's like they're looking for sp- spiritual milk, and and God saying, "Well, milk was fine when you know when you first started out with me, and you were a spiritual baby, but." But as long as you've been having quiet times, as long as you've been going to church, um, 
you still are satisfied with milk. You're, you're not hungry for uh, meat. And, and sometimes you can see that with the kind of books people read. You know, the, yeah. um, the, they dislike uh, just real sim- simple kinds of books uh, that don't make you think, that don't have hard words that you have to look up in it's a dictionary. Gotta, you got to feel warm and fuzzy after I read it. So. Yeah, um, and yet uh, to say, but, but this is a time for us to be reading things that stretch us, that push us, uh, that maybe uh, challenge us or even offend us, but it makes us think and yeah. go deeper and, and, and dig deeper into God's word to say, well, God, what do you have to say about this? This, I, this doesn't seem right to me, but I, I, I'm not quite sure what your word says about this. And uh, so th- those are some truths for me, uh, knowing God, um, and knowing his word. And, and I've seen how this plays out. You know, of course, my dad is a, a classic example for me. And I, I remember for years, uh, I would go with my dad each year to the Southern Baptist uh, annual convention meeting. And uh, of course, dad was well known among that group. And, um, and so uh, I remember just, we, we would walk into um, like the convention center, wherever it might be. Like I remember one year we were in Orlando and so we walk in and we just barely get in the entrance way of this huge convention center and all kinds of people just start coming up and talking to him. And he, I mean, we literally just can't take three steps forward because people are just, as soon as they spot him, they're just streaming over to talk to him and tell them what's what God's doing in their life and ask him questions. And I remember at one point uh, I was I was walking over um, with him in the bookstore area and uh, and this, the, this these two ladies come up and they've got a copy of Experiencing God in their hands and they, they saw my dad and they said, Henry Blackaby, we've got we've got your book right here with us. It's changing our lives and we're in a Bible study and it's changing our church. And, and we were wondering, could, could we ask you a question about this? And we, our whole group is really wondering and, oh, sure, you know. And so then they were asked, well, could you sign this book? And, and so we, we look around and there's actually a, like a garbage can with a, with a lid on top. And so he stands by the garbage can, puts their book on the lid, and he starts signing their book. Well, other people s- see my dad signing books on a, by a garbage can. And so a line starts following, uh, uh, forming, and people are lining up at this garbage can to get Henry. And the funny thing was, w- right across the lane from us was the, what they called the, 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 the uh, author's table, and every half hour or so or hour, they would have a different author for that, uh, that publisher signing books. And they would literally have like blue lights flashing and they'd have announcements. Uh, we've got so-and-so here right now signing books. Come by and get your copy of your book signed. And, and I'm looking over there and the particular guy that was there at the time didn't have anybody at his table. And they're announcing it on the intercom. They've got lights flashing and he's at this nice table. And my dad is standing off by a garbage can with this long line of people all wanting his <laughs> their book signed. And so this was about lunchtime. We were just kind of walking through on our way to go back to the hotel and get some lunch. And so I'm hungry. I've got my wife and kids back at the hotel, so I need to get back there and make sure they're fed. So my dad just said, well, Richard, you go on and you know get your family fed. He said, I'll, I'll just follow you on back to the hotel as soon as I can. So I go back to the hotel, get my, my family, we, we go for lunch at a restaurant, then we go swimming in the pool, we get changed and rested a bit, and, and now it's four hours later, 
and I'm going back and my mom is with us. And so I said, well, how are we going to find, I said, did dad ever make it back to the hotel room? She said, no, I haven't seen him all afternoon. So, so he's been gone for four hours. And so I, I said, well, how are we ever going to find him? There's thousands of people at this convention center. And my mom had said, oh, it's easy to find your dad. She said, just go to the last place you saw him. And so, <laughs> so we go back to that same garbage can. He is still standing there four hours later. And there's still people standing there talking to him. He has not moved in four hours. Hasn't had lunch, anything. And so I remember finally grabbing him by the arm and moving him forward just to get him away. Just, uh, and I said, Dad, do you, you haven't had lunch. You haven't had dinner. Do you, do you need something? And uh, at the time, he just said, I need a bathroom. <laughs> he said, I've been standing here all afternoon. And so, uh, I, but I looked at that and I thought, why is it that wherever he went, people just lined up and said, oh, just to just spend a few minutes talking with you. Well, it was because he always had something to say. And he, because he'd gone deep with God mm-hmm. and he didn't, he didn't pass milk out to people. Uh, people, I've had people say, uh, just a five-minute conversation with your dad changed my life because mm. in five minutes I heard things I hadn't read anywhere else, I hadn't heard in any sermons. Um, your dad just in five minutes gave me more than I'd been getting in church in years. Uh, well, that's what happens when you go deep and you've got sta- spiritual steak to give. to. If you're handing out spiritual steak, you'll find that there's always people lining up wanting to have breakfast with you or just to have you mentor them or something. Uh, because they'll value what's coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break here, and we'll wrap up in just a few minutes. God's people keep praying for God to transform Washington, Hollywood, or Wall Street, but revival always begins with God's people. If there ever was a time America needed spiritual reawakening, it's now. Currently, 70% of churches have plateaued or are in decline. More than two-thirds of young people who grew up attending church are leaving the faith, before they graduate college. In the Solomon Promise, best-selling author Henry Blackaby shares the path to a renewal of faith in America and the restoration of holiness to God's people. We're now at blackabystore.org. Links will be in the show notes. Richard, I love that story of your dad, and uh, that's just so typical of your dad. Uh, just kind of, he he planted wherever you leave him, uh-huh. and, uh, you know, life change happens. And so... Uh, maybe there's one other um, example of, of what that looks like going deep uh, with yeah. God that you'd, you'd like to share with us today. Yeah, and I, you know, I think I mentioned him before, but here, he, he's an interesting character. He's known as, uh, his name was John Hyde, uh, H-Y-D-E. Uh, he's known as Praying Hyde because he was uh, known as someone who just, who prayed uh, much. And, uh, you know, sometimes you think, well, yeah, you can either work or you can pray. You know, yeah, yeah. you you know, you you go ahead and pray. I'm going to get out there and get stuff done. Yeah, you, you do know? the easy praying part, and yeah, I'll do the hard. I'll work do part. the heavy lifting. Uh, mm-hmm. But those who some of the great prayers, like Hudson Taylor and John Hyde, have been people that uh, George Mueller, uh, who saw many many people come to Christ, saw orphanages built, saw all kinds of things happen. Don't, don't ever think that because you pray that that's a substitute for stuff happening. That's, yeah. uh, that, that often is the launching pad for that's things happening. Yeah. So like John Hyde, for instance, you know, and he was a missionary in India, and he's the one that at a certain point just felt very convicted that God should be doing more in his life. You know, he, it wasn't that he wasn't working hard and he didn't love Jesus and wasn't trying, 
But he just he'd get to the end of the year and look and say, it just seems like serving an almighty God, more should have happened than that. So Hyde one year famously uh, prayed and, and asked God if he would let him lead one person to become a Christian each every day. So 365 people, converts over the course of the year. And so he would pray every morning, God, give me that one today. And he'd go out and inevitably he would um, lead someone to Christ. So he, it was amazing. He led over 365 people to Christ that year just by himself. And so, uh, and that, that wasn't from, you know, preaching and having a couple dozen people walk the aisle. That was one-on-one just conversations with people. So, so at the end of that year, instead of just saying, wow, uh, that's going to go down in the record books, he said, well, God, dare I ask you for two people a day? Um, and so that, so God gave him that. And ultimately he, he prayed that God would let him have five conversions a day. And, uh, and God was giving that to him. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's an interesting story. At one point he was on his way to a missionary meeting and he was taking the train and he got into a conversation with someone that was not a Christian and the person was getting close to becoming a Christian. So when it came, when he got to his stop to get off and go to the convention, he stayed on the train so he could lead this guy to Christ, and he <laughs> did. But by then, he'd shot past his stop, so he had to get off and get on a train going the other way. But then he got in another conversation, and and so he missed the stop, led someone else to Christ, and this goes on for like a good part of the day. <laughs> and so he's led you know three or four people to Christ. Uh, and finally, he gets off at his stop, gets to the missionary meeting. Well, then these missionaries are upset with him because he came late and he doesn't take schedule seriously, you know. But he, he, but he, but he prayed and asked God to help him do that. So uh, there's a. I just, I just I, I quoted something here in my book, uh, Unlimiting God, uh, that I thought was interesting too. And it it can seem kind of mystical to you, but I, I, sometimes I think it's just good to get next to folks like this and say, "But God, is there something here for me?" And I I just, let me just read part of this. It said, uh, uh, John Hyde, a missionary to India, had a deep desire to know Christ. He would spend extensive times in prayer, entering into such deep intercession that he would forego food, sleep, and physical comfort. On one occasion, during a missionary gathering, Hyde shared a room with several others, and one of them left this account of him. So this is the other guy reporting. He says, but one morning he rushed in and went down on his knees by the bedside. This was in the early morning, soon after dawn. I went uh, to the early breakfast and came back, found him still praying. Then I went out to the prayer meeting and morning service and came back about 11 o'clock and found him still praying. At six o'clock, he was still on his knees and had been all day. As I had an hour to wait for dinner, I determined to watch him if he arose from his knees. I would ask him how it was possible for him to remain the whole day and to pray while there was so much noise around, for people were coming and going the whole time. In half an hour or so, he looked up and smiled. I sat on his bed and asked, what was the secret of all this? Uh, John uh, Hyde's detailed answer began like this. He said, let me tell you what a vision I had, a new vision of Christ. And uh, the missionary friend uh, continued, he said, I shall never forget his words as they gave me a new vision of Christ. I could not keep the tears back. At times I felt that it could not be true that Christ had never suffered so much for me. How I wish I could repeat it as Hyde brought me step by step to seeing Christ that evening. Um, Mm. 
you know, you, you read that and just say, wow, like I, that I, how I, I could never be on my knees all day praying, uh, in a noisy crowded place and, and then see a vision of who Christ was encounter him in a way that just blew me away. Um, and yet, Hyde would pray all day like that, but then he was averaging leading five people to Christ a day at the same time. And somehow by seeing Christ like no one else was, getting closer to Christ than others were, uh, it gave him a power and authority mm. and an insight and words to share that other people didn't have. And so I've, uh, whether it's your knowledge of Christ, whether it's your what you're getting out of God's word uh, as you read your Bible, uh, whether it's what you're experiencing as you pray. Uh, my challenge to you as a listener, and one that I keep coming back to myself, is to say, I, I want more, and I want more so I can give to others. Um, and so, you know, maybe a couple of things just to share, uh, just practically, Sam, just as we wrap this up. Yeah, I suspect that people who are listening are saying, well, I'm not, Henry Blackaby, and I'm yeah. not John Hyde, so what can I do? Yeah, and I would say, first of all, don't try to take a leap, you know, from where you are right now to being like a Henry Blackaby or John Hyde. Don't try to spend all day on your knees praying, because you probably aren't going to make it. Yeah. I know a lot of people were always challenged by my dad. He would get up around four in the morning and start his morning with God, and I knew a number of people who tried doing that for a while so they could be just as spiritual as Henry Blackaby. And they might just, have had the opposite effect. They just got really tired and grumpy. <laughs> uh, I tried that too. Uh, I've gotten up at four o'clock in the morning to spend extra time with God. And, uh, and I, I just couldn't maintain that. I, uh, especially if I was going to bed at 10 or later the night before. But uh, I, I, I often got up at five in the morning, that, that, but really six probably was my sweet spot. I can get up at six pretty regularly. Um, and I think you'd have to kind of find your spot, but, uh, but then just l- look at increments, you know, don't try to just take massive leaps forward spiritually necessarily, right. but just try to add some things, uh, maybe add, maybe, and it can, anything can turn into legalism, but, uh, maybe try to just spend 10 more minutes in prayer than you have been and take, and take time perhaps just to meditate upon who Christ is or, or read a great verse uh, about Christ and what he's done. Uh, maybe Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and following or someplace like that, or Isaiah chapter 40, some exalted passage about God and his might. And uh, read that and then just meditate upon what that means. For God to be that powerful and to be guiding your life, to mm. be your Lord, uh, what does that mean? And maybe take some of the problems you're facing and just lay them before God and just just remain quiet and just see what he has to say or, or lift some problems up to him. Maybe it's someone you're dealing with on your staff right now. Maybe it's a difficult customer and you're, um, you don't know what to do. Or maybe it's a wayward child and you're, you're at, at, at a loss. Um, you know, take some time just to listen to what he might say. Uh, read, try, maybe read less scripture, but, but read it slower and, yeah. and, each verse, just stop and say, God, what, what do you have to say to me through this verse? What, what am I missing? Uh, I, th- I think sometimes we just read the Bible too quickly, and, and so we miss all kinds of nuggets. I, I teach a, a doctoral seminar uh, on leadership, and one of the things I'll do is I'll give them each a, a passage to, 
to, to dig into, to get leadership nuggets, things that God says about leadership. And, uh, you know, most, I mean, of course, I'm familiar with those passages. Uh, they're not always so that I have an advantage for sure. But, uh, but most of the time, they will have sort of just picked at the surface. And I'll say, well, well, what about this? Or why do you think it says this? And well, what do you think this means? Or why, do, why does the scripture, you know, keep, uh, note, make note of this? And all of a sudden, it, it never takes long for them to realize, wow, there's way more here than I thought. I, mm. I wrote a five-page paper on this, and I missed all the best stuff in the, this passage. I didn't even see it. And yeah, what I try to just help them learn in that experience is, yeah, there's a lot here. And we tend to just get the low-hanging fruit of Scripture, and there's so much more there to be had. And so, you know, go back over a second time. Uh, you've read the verse. You saw some things. Now, before you move on, go back and go over those same verses again and ask yourself, what did I miss that I need to try to see this time? And uh, just really determine that you, and, and don't make stuff up. Don't be super spiritual, and you're the only person who's ever seen this in this verse uh, but there's lots to, and you know, don't, don't take liberties with the scripture and see stuff that the Bible doesn't say. Uh, but there's a lot there if you ask the right questions, um, yeah. and you, you try to look at it from different perspectives and certainly get, read different translations because that will also make a difference. And, uh, so, you know, there's lots to be had. Um, and so my challenge to our listeners today is just ask God to show you how to go deeper in your knowledge of him, your experience of his power, um, and certainly in your prayer life, um, what would it look like for you to go to a deeper place with him? Yeah. And, uh, and you might be amazed at uh, how quickly God can transform your relationship with him if you just really desire to go to deeper places than you've ever gone before. Well, this has been uh, great as always, and I uh, hope our listeners will take up that challenge because there's always uh, more to be had yeah, and uh, deeper depths to, to find. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners, so email us at podcast at blackv.org.